Hi, this is the Besties Budget Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Hannah. And we are two gals in our 30s who ditch debt from their 20s to live their best life through their 90s. So you can too. And a real quick disclaimer, the views expressed on this podcast and in all of our content are personal opinions only and should not be construed as financial advice. Any action taken based on this information is strictly at your own risk. Thanks for tuning in to episode six. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I'm already thinking about cool, fun things we can do for episode 10. (laughs) (laughs) So stay tuned. The rest of the ones before 10 are going to be awful, but 10 is going to be a gem. There will be fun. Um, Thanks for tuning in to episode six of the Besties Budget Podcast. We are really excited to be here with you guys today. And this week's theme is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. It is about secret spending and this could be a secret a sort of like denial you have with your own spending or secrets between partners yeah we're about to get naked guys wow <laughs> too bad it's a podcast <laughs> patreon members though. no just kidding just kidding <laughs> oh my god okay so we'll start off the way we always start off which is talking about the good and the good bad, and the bad. <laughs> That was the best one yet, I think. I'm busting out the ukulele next week. Indeed. Um, So this is the segment where we talk about, in the past two weeks since we recorded our last episode, what has gone well and what has gone not so well. Hannah, do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. I'm going to do two quickies for the good and then a bad because two good things happened, and I like to mention them both. Why not? The first one is that I hit my savings goal of a thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Yes, I know. I moved it over to our ally account, so now we are at a total of I want to say I want to say forty five hundred dollars. Um, so we are officially halfway to our three month savings goal, amazing. which is amazing. So that means when we say that we're talking about a three month security um, account where if Kyle and I both lost our jobs or, you know, another pandemic came or whatever, and everything went to hell in a handbasket, then we could still pay our rent, pay our expenses for three full months without having anything come in. So I feel really good about that. Right now, we could do that for a month and a half, which, to be honest, um, that feels really good. That makes me feel more secure. And I think, you know, obviously... A lot of stuff can happen in six weeks. So anyway, that's really good. Um, so we're going to keep up that trend, $1,000 next month too. The second good thing that happened is actually kind of a sad thing, but um, Kyle and I's really, really good friend is very, very sick. She just got diagnosed with cancer, and they set up a um, like a caring bridge sort of so like GoFundMe, GoFundMe okay. almost just for her living expenses. And Kyle and I were able to give to that cause, and – it was good in two ways. Obviously, we're happy to do that, but also we it, we could we could do it. We were mm. able to do it, and we sort of talked about this last week, last time, Lauren, when the man paid for you at the Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that same way, I always like to think of that's that's the whole point of this is we want to make money not so that we can sit on it and have more than other people. It's actually so we can help more people mm. um, and help 
people, not credit card companies, right. <laughs> you know, not debt collectors, but actually people that mm -hmm. we know. So that felt really good. I think that's the first time we've ever been able to really do that. And I, you know, I, I want to give every month and it just, I was ha so happy to give it to her. That's awesome. Um, the bad, a lot of future spending, you know, we were talking about this before the podcast started, but, uh, a lot of future spending, which I really like to avoid. And when I say future spending, you know, Kyle and I operate on a cash envelope budget. So that means we take out cash for the week and that's all we spend. And what you're not supposed to do is say, oh, well, you know, I know I'm going to be making this amount of money next week, so I'm going to go ahead and spend it now, knowing that I'm going to take it Danger from zone. that envelope next week. And I almost never do that, but this has been a weird month. It's just been a weird kind of hard month in terms of my budget, and I really wanted in and out a few days, and I was just like, <laughs> it's $8, who cares? And, you know, you could argue it is only $8, and it didn't make or break my budget, but it's a dangerous habit to get into. And we will talk about that more when we talk about secret spending. That said, Hannah, what did you get from In-N-Out? Was it worth it? Was it really I good? I get... <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I hope I'm not throwing you under the bus. <laughs> First of all, In-N-Out is always worth it. I get two Flying Dutchmen, which is an off-menu item. But it's... That? If you get two Flying Dutchman, it's four beef patties, oh, four slices of cheese, <laughs> onions, <laughs> and I get a large Diet Coke as well. Oh it's God. expensive, but it is delicious. Four beef patties. And I eat them Save in my car. Later. Pop it in your freezer. I know. My God. No, I devour it whole, whole cow into my mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. Hilarious. Okay. I also had a weird couple weeks, and I thought it was very apropos mm. of our theme, you know, uh, on our last podcast because it I was it was on my mind as as I went through these last two weeks and really thinking about um being demotivated because yeah. in fact I did feel very demotivated these last couple weeks, so and it's not weird, like I wanted weird. to go out and spend a bunch of money. I was just well, I'll start here. So um, my well, my good is that I was able to put $1,100 into my savings. Amazing. And I, so I had reached previously already three months of expenses saved in my savings account. Unfortunately, um, the company I work for has, you know, been affected by COVID and they've had to make some reductions and I wanted to, and my job is safe right now. Um, but that said, I wanted to err on the side of caution yeah. and pause debt payments until, and just really stash enough cash. Um, just put all my, all, all my extra money in savings right now and continue to save aggressively because I just, I think that can't hurt, especially now that I don't have any debt payments that I'm being charged interest on. Mm -hmm. So I, I did manage to save $1,100 in my savings account, which was amazing yes, and felt so awesome. good. Now my bad is so I don't want to go into too many crazy personal details, but basically I my bank account was overcharged by two thousand dollars for um you know something that I should not have been charged for, and I had money in my account, but I don't in this specific account I don't I don't keep two thousand dollars laying around, so it did cause my account to go negative, and I've had some overdraft charges, and again this charge was um. A mistake for me to be charged for it, but it's taken a long time to rectify, mm -hmm. which is just what turning headache. out to be a total headache and really complicated and emotionally stressful. Um, 
and I'm just, it's just been making me think about what a roller coaster this mm-hmm. stuff can be sometimes and how, you know, we can do our best to hedge against these kinds of things. Um, and I have a cushion. Luckily, as I talked about, I have plenty of savings and I am able to move some money around, but it's just taking longer than I thought. And it's just stressful. No yeah. one wants to be overcharged by $2,000 from something that they're not supposed to pay. Right. So that sucks. So that's been really tough and it's really demotivated me these last couple of weeks and made me feel like I'm back at square one, even though I'm not. Right. right, um, right. Just that emotion of being back at square one um, kind of comes back. And I actually think this segues nicely into our next segment. Okay, we've gotten to that point in the program. I always do that. And it's, it's like always the second thing where we're talking about the challenge from our last podcast. So our challenge from last time was to create a timeline of uh, money moments in our life that were very defining. And I think we both did it and both found it very eye-opening, very mm-hmm. enlightening. Do you mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit about your experience with that, Lauren? Yeah, sure. I would say in light, especially in light of how I've been feeling this past week, which is what I just mentioned, which is feeling kind of back at square one. Mm-hmm. It really honestly helped me see that it Clearly, I am not back at square one Mm. because square actual one, A of all, is like the beginning of my life, really, not having learned anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But even like circling back to probably like my darkest moment in my relationship with money and my highest level of frustration and those overwhelming feelings of powerlessness. And I felt pretty powerless this last week, but just looking back, I have learned so much over that time period and I've equipped myself with so many tools Mm -hmm. because of all that, those lessons I had to learn, hard lessons Mm -hmm. because of all the knowledge I didn't have and all the stumbling blocks, you know, I tripped over because I didn't have that knowledge. So although it feels like square one right now and I've been frustrated, it really, I honestly have come really far and I'm like truly in a really like linear way along the path and have legitimately learned so, so, so much, um, even from, you know, two or three years ago. So I think it was a good meditative exercise for me to see, um, yeah, really just basically how far I've come. Yeah. I love that you said meditative exercise. That's like exactly how I felt about it. And I actually did it pretty recently and I'm still meditating on it. I feel like I'm still, I looked at it this morning and I was just, I was really blown away by some of the insights that I was making from it. And I, I'm still not a hundred percent there. I'm Mm. still like kind of churning away at it. But one small thing that I'll talk about from it is that I realized that until I got to college, I didn't really recognize that some people had a limitless money Mm. and some people had nothing And I really wasn't on either end of that spectrum. Like I didn't quite know where I was. I mean, we had friends who legitimately had never heard no in their life about anything. I mean, brought cars, weren't paying for college at all, didn't have to have a job, lived off campus. Yeah, take your friends out, go to Boylston Street, buy whatever you want, new clothes. Like that wasn't my life. You know, I my parents were not like that. But then on the other end of the spectrum, we had friends who worked while going to this conservatory that was incredibly demanding and 
were graduating with over $80,000 in student loan debt. And that was also not my situation. So I felt very much like I didn't have an identity when it Mm. came to money. And I felt like that literally for the next 10 years of my life. Because then fast forward a few years and I'm broke all the time, but I'm not in debt. You know, I'm not in debt, but I'm not saving. I, mm. I'm just kind of in this weird, like, money limbo. I don't really know what my identity is in money. And then when I went into network marketing, it was like everybody who was around me was trying to get rich. I have to get rich. I have to make all this money. I have to make all this money. And they were so money motivated. And I wasn't. Mm. And I was like, what's wrong with me? I don't, I don't want to be broke. But I'm also, I don't care anything about being a millionaire just for the sake of making all this money. I don't, that doesn't motivate me. And actually people who make a ton of money and just blow it, that, that makes me feel uncomfortable and angry and brings up all these feelings of waste within Mm -hmm. me. But I also don't want to be like a monk and give away all my (laughs) stuff. So I was like, I don't know. You don't hear (laughs) Right, exactly. I was like, who am I when it comes to, to, to money? And it wasn't until I realized I'm not money motivated. I'm not money motivated. I'm security motivated. I want to feel mm. secure. I want to give back. I want to be in a place where I actually don't ever think about money. That's my dream. Mm. My dream is that I never have to think about money because I have enough. I'm very comfortable. I'm. I'm happy with where I am and I'm able to give and I'm able to support the people and the, and the, and the charities and everything that I want to. And I have a job that I love. And so I, I have this job that I love, so I don't have to worry about money. And I, I, I'm just starting to really come to terms with that identity within me, which is, you know, different than what I always thought it what I always thought it was. And so I don't know, I'm still, again, like I'm still meditating on that, but it was just so interesting to see how that really began at such a young age, like all Mm. the way back in college, not feeling like I had an identity when it came to money and that actually making it more difficult when it came to the future of my money, because I didn't Mm. know quite what I wanted to be. And I think that you do have an identity when it comes to your money. This is interesting because I am actually currently, a little plug here, I'm still working on an ebook for Bestie's Budget Mm. that is kind of, I've been thinking about that as I've been paying off my debt. I think, well, who am I moving forward? Mm. Who am I out of debt? Like I've, I carried around debt since 2013, seven years. Like I, it's almost scary to think about who, like you said, who I am moving forward because like when I have the option, what am I going to do with my money? So I'm still working on this ebook folks, but it is if you've struggled with this, like obviously Hannah has and I have as well, um, you know, I'll let you know when it's available because I'm still in process because I'm still working through it myself. But it really is about how how to help yourself self-define in terms of what your plans are going to look like moving forward because everyone's priorities are a little different and it's hard to gauge what they are if you don't really know yourself that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that is hard to know when you are, you know, kind of a slave to your debtors because that's going to be your priority. It's defaulted for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you have options, I guess that's, that's really what my ebook is going to be about. So a little plug there. And if you guys participated in this last, last 
week's challenge and you have your money timeline. Um, I think we have a couple from other Instagrammers. So we'll go ahead and repost those because this was a really fun and enlightening challenge. Um, and it's not too late. I think the timeline is still posted, right? And I put it in the tools section. In the tools section. Fantastic. So you so. can go back and do this exercise. Mm -hmm. um, it's really nice and we highly recommend. Okay, now we'll go ahead and dive into our main topic for this week, which is secret spending. Mm -hmm. So we're going to come at this, actually, each of us from a different angle here. I'll come at this from the angle of someone who is single, and Hannah's going to talk about what this means in the context of a partnership. Um, so Hannah, what does secret spending mean to you in a partnership? Secret spending to me in a partnership means that you are making unilateral decisions about you, what you do with either um, money that you bring in, your income, or even dual income. Mm -hmm. So you're unilaterally making a decision on income coming into your account and perhaps not sharing with your partner what you have spent the money on. So it kind of becomes mystery spending as well. So for me, secret spending as a single person really has to do with <laughs> denial mm -hmm. and almost like hiding things from your budget. Right. So like misfiling things mm. kind of, you know, on purpose or, or saying, oh, well, you know, this doesn't really count. I'm going to pretend that it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, and then things just start to get out of hand and you're really sort of denying your own actual needs. Right. Um, and like I said, your budget can get out of hand pretty quickly and you either wonder where your money went or, um, yeah, things are misfiled and yeah, really you're, you're just getting disorganized and not being honest with yourself about, you know, what you need. Right. So have you, I mean, you don't have to get into details, but have you ever like had a moment where you had some secret spending on either side of your relationship and it, um, like didn't go well or it led to bad things? Well, yeah. So I was going to just start the segment by saying this is what has worked for my partner and me. I, I, you know, a lot of different financial gurus or people in your life will tell you different advice. And so I'll just put that out there. Everybody's relationship is different. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll speak from a person who is a, who's married, I think that that makes a difference, and B, came into our relationship with neither of us having a lot. Mm. So understand that it's coming from that perspective. We were young when we got together. We were pretty young when we got married. So it's not like either of us were millionaires coming in uh, or had a lot of our own income. But I do think that the way to avoid, people always ask, when they when they ask when they ask us questions, a lot of times the questions will be, "What do I do if my partner isn't on board?" or mm. "What do I do if my partner doesn't want to budget?" That is a really hard place to be in. It's a really hard space to be in. But I think that before you even get to the step of budgeting, you have to have this. I told you we were about to get naked. Um, <laughs> you have to have the naked conversation of this is me. These are my debts. Mm -hmm is hard. Um, these are my goals. These are my dreams. This is my income. This is what I've saved. How do we make it work? And where are you? And if you cannot have that conversation, that is troubling. And I'm just, I'm going to be the person, capital T, trouble. If you can't be honest about here are my debts, 
this is what I owe. This is what I make. And these are my dreams. And this is what I want to do. That's a problem. Um, you want to share your life with this person. And that means you have to share everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. And sometimes the ugly is really ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think starting off with an honest conversation is, is the best course of action. And then um, to flip that, guys, and this is hard coming from a person that it's hard. We were just talking about this before to wipe dis- disappointment off my face or to really hide what I'm feeling from my face. When your partner stands naked in front of you, you can't laugh, right? You can't <laughs> laugh. You can't judge. You can't point the finger. Um, you have to take them where they are and work together to make things better because it is a really vulnerable thing to stand in front of someone and say, this is what I owe. Um, when Kyle and I first got a financial planner years ago before we could afford to, I'm not sure why we did that, but, um, I remember feeling ashamed. I felt so embarrassed to show him my finances and that was a stranger. I mean, (laughs) like it's, it, I can't imagine for some of you out there who, you know, you got married or got together maybe a little bit later on in your life and you accrued some debts and that first conversation of saying, hey, look, you know, I made these mistakes or not even mistakes like, hey, look, I went to a private school and now I owe $65,000 and this is a reality. This is real. You need to have that conversation because that will lead. If you if you start off in secrecy, you'll never get out of it. That will lead to secret spending. Because secret spending can also be secret spending on debt. If you're paying money towards something that your partner doesn't know, that is secret spending. Do you feel like, so what I'm hearing is secrecy because of shame, Mm -hmm. perhaps? Mm -hmm. Like, can you talk about how you feel like that relates to shame when it comes to being vulnerable to your partner? Well, absolutely. I mean, I I think we can talk about how at the root of all vulnerability is shame. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah. that that's, that is a huge, huge part of it. And I think that, you know, you'll probably talk about this when you talk about single secret spending, but a lot of it has to do with shame. I can't believe I spent this money on this, or I can't believe I'm, you know, I'm so stupid or I made these decisions or it's, I'm never going to get out of this, this debt, this whole, I don't want people to know. Um, and Dave Ramsey talks about it all the time, keeping up with the Ramseys or keeping up with the, the Joneses, Joneses yeah. uh, you know, but like, it, it's not real. It's all yeah. fake. And I think that being vulnerable with your partner, when you're able to have those conversations, you can have them in other aspects, other places in your life. It is amazing how freeing it is when you start to be honest with the people who matter most to you. And it's not easy. It's very hard. I don't want to stand here and say that it's not hard. It is really, really hard. Um, And I've had those vulnerable conversations with Kyle. He's had them with me. And um, it's just always been very important for us that we never wanted to fight about money. And the only reason you fight about money is when you are lying about it Mm -hmm. or hiding it or you're not on the same page. And I think the way you get on the same page is you figure out how, you figure out how far you are in the hole and you hand the other person a shovel. I mean, like you have to, you just, you have to figure it out together. Uh, and I don't think you can do that without 
being honest with the other person. Mm. Now, I know that there are some of you out there who say, well, we don't have the same bank account. We have different bank accounts. We have different incomes. We're both professionals. So we just deal with finances separately. Well, that's okay until you guys want to buy a house together or cars or have children or one of you gets sick or you want to buy life insurance. or you, There's so many things that you're just about to go in together on jointly to keep separate secret accounts, I just think sets a very dangerous precedent. Mm. Um, I truly believe, and again, just my opinion here, but I really believe that if you're going to go in and you're going to have separate accounts, you still have to be open. You still have to say, yeah, but even more so. I was right, exactly. <laughs> but here's access to it. But here's right. what it looks like. Here are the numbers. You know, like okay, maybe we have separate checking accounts. Though I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. I don't think you should do that. But okay, maybe you do that. But you still tell your partner about your debt. You still tell your partner how much money you make. You still tell your partner what you spend money on. You still make a budget together. Right. You still have transparency, full transparency. There's nothing secret about that. Mm. Um, and I think really, honestly, if you're not, if you don't have a, a joint checking account, there's part of you that's worried that this marriage is not going to work out <laughs> or that this person is not trustworthy, that they're going to take your money. And that is a larger conversation. If that's something you're worried about, that's something you have to talk about. For, for sure. Right. Either together with a counselor or with your own counselor. Um, because marriage, at the end of the day, it's a loving covenant bond, but it's also a business contract. You're going yeah. into business with a person. You can't trust your business partner. You shouldn't be going into business with them. Right. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's a lot of good, good insight. And especially with something like finances, which mm -hmm. are so incredibly important. Um, I agree. It sounds like and it sounds like honesty and openness mm -hmm. and no secrets has really worked for you guys. I mean, you guys, you know, have been together a long time and married a long time. And I think we've all known couples that have major issues because of financial betrayal. And mm -hmm. that starts way back down the line. Mm -hmm. It doesn't start at the moment of betrayal. It starts no. at like the sort of permission for secrecy. That's right. Um, so I'll talk about this from my perspective as a single person. So for me, um, secret spending means not being honest with myself about my reality or my needs. Mm. So I guess for me, this is com coming from the streak of like perfectionism. So building a budget and then getting a couple weeks into the month and feeling human all of a sudden <laughs> and, you know, wanting to make a purchase or uh, having to make a purchase mm -hmm. or, or even if it's something small, I'm in kind of like hacking my budget to pretend that it didn't happen or putting it into a category doesn't belong in. And it's not really about that one thing because that one thing may or may not financially break me. Usually it doesn't because mm -hmm. I'm not that kind of spender. But what it does do is it doesn't is of course I judge myself for it. I think, mm. oh, I shouldn't have even wanted that one latte or, you know, mm -hmm. taking my son out for a meal or something like that. What that does is it doesn't make my needs okay. Right. It makes them not good enough and um, <laughs> it doesn't give me enough of, you know, even a little bit of wiggle room. And we all need you know, we can be focused and determined. Mm. You and I, especially mm -hmm. just speaking specifically for us, we have no problem with that being right. focused and determined. But also for me, I need a little bit of wiggle room to be human. Yeah. And when I 
find myself secret spending, it's because I'm denying some of that. It also makes me take pause and ask, well, what other, what other needs are not being met in other ways? If I'm finding so much impulse to secret spend and, oh, I just want this lamp from Target. I want to spend 70 bucks and pretend it didn't happen. Like what is going on here? And this has really been highlighted for me this last week when I've had a really rough emotional time. I went and I, I told you this, Hannah, I dropped 40 bucks I didn't have in the budget at right. a fancy grocery store, which is like my kryptonite. I bought fancy chocolate and kombucha and mangoes and things like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I uh, I justified it in my budget by hacking some numbers. But what was the reality? The reality was I had an emotional evening and I felt better when I spent a little bit of money. Um so then I have to have another conversation with myself. Okay, like what is this? What is this about? This is about emotions, obviously. Mm-hmm. So either in the future, that's okay to spend 40 bucks and I can build it into the budget knowing that it's okay to have an emotional night and want to buy some chocolate or I come up with other strategies right. in the future. But either way, I don't deny that there's something behind the secret spending like when I'm <laughs> secret from myself right? and that, you know, we just need to create other expectations moving forward. And yeah. that's- and that is okay. And I love that kind of that name it and claim it yeah. attitude. You know, it's, I'm going to spend this $40 tonight. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, like being, saying it out loud. I think that, you know, like some people get kind of embarrassed about that sort of thing, but it's so important. It's like, I am going to spend $10 right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to spend it. I just want everyone to know <laughs> it's happening. And you know, like, but you're right. You're right. Like denying yourself is is a huge way to enter secret spending because mm-hmm. it's it's like kind of like when you when people feel like oh if they don't write it down that it didn't happen yes right? um I remember using to think that when I was like 13 or 14 like I used to keep a diary and I was like well if I don't write it in my diary <laughs> it never actually happened oh my god posterity will never know <laughs> I know <laughs> but it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's so easy to do that, to get into that mind space of like, well, you know, I don't talk about it. Yeah, or if I, don't I throw the receipt it. away. Yeah. Throw whatever. away the wrappers, whatever. It never happened. Yeah, exactly. But I think in being single and in a partnership, it might be painful mm-hmm. to admit reality or any kind of other needs, but it can only lead to better Things. Yes, deeper intimacy. and more p- peace sure. ultimately. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Okay, we have talked about a lot of great stuff this episode, and I'm pretty excited for our next challenge. We thought we might keep it a little light, a little bouncy, a little fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to do something called the roll up challenge. So for the next two weeks, every purchase we make, whatever is left over, whatever amount we'd have to roll up to the next whole number. So let's say something costs $11.45. Well, the next whole number would be 12. So that would be 15 cents. We would take that 15 cents. Didn't you say 45? I did. I did. (laughs) I'm a teacher. That's scary. It's summer. 55 cents, and we would put it into savings. So every single purchase you make, you're going to roll up. You're going to take that roll-up fund, and you're going to just tally it. We decided that you shouldn't actually, like, do a million transfers of your bank. 17 cents. (laughs) Ridiculous. Um, But what we're going to do is we're going to create a little roll-up 
tally sheet. Yeah, tracker. Tracker. And we're going to put it on our Instagram um, at besties.budget. It'll be under the tools function. And so you can click on tools, go through all the tools that we've already done. It'll be at the end. And it'll just be a little tracker for you to keep track of what you're going to put in your savings after the two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Um, Okay, so now we're each going to talk about what our homework is going to be for these next two weeks. Um, So I actually think (laughs) that for my homework, Mm -hmm. I have been thinking about not just how I can take care of my finances, but I'm really feeling the need to sort of take care of myself, Mm. like sort of body, mind, and spirit. So Mm -hmm. I know this isn't directly financially related, but um, just because things have been really crazy and I've kind of had a stressful last couple of weeks with money, um, my homework is going to be to do some some self-care. Nice. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like every day. I actually think I want to give myself like a menu of options, whether that's like a meditation or a yoga mm. practice or, you know, taking a bath or taking a walk or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'd really like to do that, um, you know, at least several times a week over the next two weeks, because I think it's important to invest time in those kinds of things. Um, on top of taking care of your finances. I love um, that. And I haven't done a lot of that. I've been really, really hard focused, but I think this is going to be really helpful for my mental space, mm-hmm. which in turn affects my spending. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to be my homework. And I'm going to make my own little tracker around that. And I'll also post that on, on our, the Besties Budget Instagram. I love that. Well, in the spirit of that and kind of what we've been talking about, about how when you make, we've talked about this on the motivation one, when you make choices, it's important to know why um, you're making those choices so you can avoid it. And I think that looking back on my bad of doing a lot of future spending, that tells me I need a little more wiggle room mm-hmm. also in mm-hmm. my in my fun money. Like, and and I'm just going to be real. Like we're at, Kyle and I are at a point where I can actually afford to give myself more than $20 a week. Um, fun money. I think, you know, for the next two weeks, I'm going to give myself $40 a week. I'm actually, I'm going to double it. Ooh, I know. I like it. I'm excited I for this for yeah. you. So the next couple of weeks, I'm going to double my fun money. So I'm going to m- give myself $40. Um, my spending starts, uh, tomorrow. Every Sunday, our new week starts. Okay. So starting tomorrow, I'm going to give myself a $40 fun budget. And I'll do that for the week after that. And I'll let you guys know how that ends up going. I'm excited for our homework. It's yeah, going to be good. Me too. Okay. You might have guessed it. It's my favorite <laughs> segment. Hannah's favorite segment. <laughs> Lead us in, Hannah. What t- what's it time for? Pull the audience. <laughs> we need to create an audio clip. It's like an entire audience saying, pull the that's, audience. That's what goes through my head every time we do pull the audience. Okay, Hannah, this week it's your turn to ask a question. Okay, I have it. Ready? And Here's I don't question. know what it is. I don't know what she's going to say. <laughs> okay, if you were... If you were to go back into your into the memories of you as a child, what do you think little Lauren would buy? Little Lauren would buy with let's say five hundred dollars, but with the idea that like when you're a tiny child, you don't really understand like twenty dollars when you're a kid. Yeah, then that's what I mean. Like if let's just say big money. So like if you were like little Lauren, like what's that thing that you really wanted, or what do you think you would have? gotten if you could have gotten anything. Okay. So I'm thinking of toys, first of all. Sure. I have like these memories of just 
loving going mm. to Toys R Us, now mm. defunct, rest in peace. Sorry, <laughs> Toys R Us. But it was like an event. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the occasions we were like allowed to go in and pick something out. But like if we ever had like a little bit of money or something, we would just go into Toys R Us and it's like, what are you going to get? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to get, you walk down the aisles and when you're that small, they look so tall and colorful mm-hmm. and huge. Mm-hmm. And the array of toys is just so exciting. Yes. So whether it's Barbies or whatever else. And I remember loving these toys and I'm a child of the nineties. So <laughs> me too. Forgive, <laughs> forgive this. Um, and I don't know if these still exist, but there were these little toys. <laughs> so embarrassed. Called little Kittles. Do you remember what? little Kittles? No. I have to Google these guys. Okay. Um, they came, okay. They're, they were like the, they came in these little pods and mm-hmm. these little pods were probably the size of your hand come in this little like cool bubble thing and it was a small doll probably probably about as big as your thumb maybe a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and they just had like different colored hair and different accessories oh. it's the same idea as like a Polly Pocket or a Barbie like they were all themed and they all had different like like looks and outfits and personalities yeah. but for some reason I thought these were so cool and as a kid I remember them being like sort of quote unquote reasonably priced for like a kid. So if I had fun money, I had like six bucks, I could go in and like get one of these little kittles. So if I had a little like bit of allowance money, yeah, like I could get one and it just seemed so cool and it like it had its own yeah. design. That does seem cool. It was. It, I loved these things. I mean, I'm into it. I get it. <laughs> so I would probably say as many little kittles as um oh as gosh, just a truck full as of money kittles. Could buy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably what I would buy and maybe some ice cream but other than that I love that um, I'm going to have to go this is so hashtag basic but I'm going to have to go with a Barbie dream car I ah! wanted a Barbie dream car so badly the one where it's like you fit in it like you can get oh, in it oh the one for the child yes oh my god like you got in this car <laughs> And went places. Those Literally, cool. only the rich. Uh, no one in my neighborhood had. No one in my neighborhood was rich enough to have a bar. I don't think <laughs> I knew anyone actually with one, but I've seen them as an adult. Other kids driving it, and I still think in my head like that kid must be like Loaded, so rich jacked. because they're great. They're like I don't. I think they're like something like four hundred bucks. They're wow, really? They, yeah, That's they're kind not of a lot. They're well, they're expensive, but in my mind, it was like the same price as a real car. <laughs> <laughs> May as well have been when you're like whatever, when you're eight six, or like six yeah. or yeah, I guess I was younger than that, like five or six. But I just wanted that car so badly, and I asked for it every Christmas. And I spoiler alert, never Didn't got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be the kind of thing you like push onto your nieces. For, I have I have thought about getting it. I have thought about like, getting this. This is for you, my child. Mind. Definitely not for my dreams. Right now, you can get things like Hummers. It's, it's crazy. But yes, that would be mine. Barbie dream car. That wraps up this episode of the Besties Budget Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, one more time, I want to remind you that if you want to access our roll-up challenge tracker for the next two weeks, as well as some other tools and resources, go ahead and follow us at at besties.budget on Instagram at besties.budget. Um, so you can find our trackers there and follow along the journey. And we would love to hear from you guys. Yeah. Stop by and say hi. Thanks guys. Bye.